What's up, Steeler Nation? This is Rashad Coward here. Listen to SteelerNation.com podcast. Hello, Steeler Nation, and welcome to your Steeler Nation podcast, part of the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network and sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. I'm your host, G Striker, and let's welcome our two newest Pittsburgh Steelers who just signed today. The newest, newest one being Jernard Avery who came over from Philadelphia, it turns out that he was part of the Cleveland Browns. The uh, Eagles traded a fourth rounder for him to play linebacker, actually to play Sam linebacker. Um, And he played a lot of special teams as well. He started in 12 of 16 games, racked up a good amount of tackles, got a little bit of pressure, was a great pass rusher in college. So I'm thinking he's probably going to project to being more of a backup outside linebacker, maybe taking that role from Taco Charlton, and that's a step up because he was a starter last year, whereas Taco was not. And he's going to be probably competing with Tuzar as well to be able to, uh, or Tuska, to be able to be that extra outside linebacker coming in off the bench behind Highsmith or Watt. Second guy is a guy who returned to the team who I thought was still on the roster, but he wasn't. He didn't sign a futures contract. He was a free agent, but he just inked today. And that is our backup safety from last year, Carl Joseph. Now, he only got into one game last year when um, Terrell Edmonds missed a game due to COVID, but Joseph did get a pass defense in that game, had a couple tackles, looked pretty good. He was attacking the ball in the air. He was aggressive, and I liked the way he played. So we'll have to see if he even fits into the starting mix this year. Had that possibility coming out of college, but we'll have to see where he ends up. Ended up having about as many interceptions already in his career as Edmonds. Though Edmonds has way more tackles than he does. But we'll have to see the way the ship sa- sh- sh- turns out for the rest of the league, for the rest of the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I'm happy to have Carl Joseph return to the team because I thought he had a lot of promise coming out of college. And also with a team that is strapped and doesn't have a strong safety, I'm happy for any competition right now before we sign people like <coughs> Honey Badger or something like that. So we'll have to see where that ends up. But Let's get to the point that I want to make in this podcast, and that is Mike Tomlin. I feel he is the best recruiter in the NFL. Now, he is the second longest tenured coach in the NFL behind Bill Belichick, who was signed in 2000 to New England. Uh, He was signed in 2007, so now he's 15 years under his belt, entering his 16th year. Now, he's the longest tenured head coach by 15 years because starting in this offseason, all head coaches lost their job except for Mike Tomlin. So now he is entering his 16th season. We have a new head coach now down in Tampa Bay, a new uh, black head coach. And but he's been there the entire time. So when college, when it comes to recruiting, usually it's the head coach coming to your household saying, hey, come meeting their family. Come on. You want to play for us? I'm going to be here. I'm going to turn your boy into a man. He's going to be part of our system. He's going to help out our school. I'm going to help develop him. What better way than to, to be able to recruit in the NFL than to be in a place for as long as you are in the NFL as a Pittsburgh Steelers head coach. I mean, who has a longer tenure ratio than the last three 
Pittsburgh Steelers head coaches that all three of them essentially left when it was time to move on and they wanted to move on. They really, none of them were even really fired. (laughs) That's why I'm saying Tomlin, he doesn't look like he's showing any signs of slowing down. So this is stability to a T. He's also, you know, in his free time, he's a mentor to young men in the black community of both, you know, Pittsburgh area and Hampton Roads where it's his own hometown, but he helps young men become responsible contributors, not only to their families, but to their communities. And that's huge. That helps kind of show the character of who he is as a human being. Um, He loves to attend all of the senior bowls, all of the pro days. He's a big proponent of the NFL combine as well. So he's constantly meeting young football players and he creates this kind of camaraderie among them. He's very approachable. You know, he seems like this larger than life character to a lot of people that get to see him on TV because he's been in Pittsburgh for so long. He's won Super Bowls. He's been to multiple Super Bowls. He's coached senior bowls. I mean, this guy is just, he's such a rock in the NFL that when you meet him and then you expect to meet this larger than life character and you go out and you end up having wings with the guy and chatting with him and having a good time. Like Malik Willis got to tweet out about and report about having wings with coach Tomlin. And that shows like him as a human being. And that a lot of players that have played for played for Tomlin love the way that he is an honest coach. He's a hard coach. He expects things of you. He tells you exactly what he expects And even if you end up leaving this team because your expectations might have been different than what you expected coming to the team, I've never heard another player badmouth Tomlin on the way out the door, including Bell, including Brown. I mean, this is a guy that's a straight shooter. He's going to tell you the way it is. And he's, you know, he's not going to play games with your mind. And that's what honest people do. He's got the candor. He's got the honesty. And he's successful head coach. Now he's not going to draft obviously everybody that he meets with in all these pro days and senior days, senior bowls and, and combine. But what he does is he creates an impression and he starts a seed and he, and he creates this unique experiences with these young athletes. So as they get into the league, if they're not drafted by the Steelers, they always end up hearkening back when they become free agents, when they start talking to the Steelers, when they come to the Pittsburgh Steelers, they're like, I remember that my, my time in the senior bowl talking with coach Tomlin or that time at the, uh, at the combine or that time when we met on the pro day and he took us out to dinner. That's always sat with me. And that's incredible for an NFL sitting where there's so much turnover in the NFL in the head coaching department. It is rare to have a head coach in the same city for 10 years, let alone going on 16 now with Tomlin with no end in sight stability Steeler fans that is why people like you know every year it just keeps adding to Tomlin's mystique and also adds to that pool of football players they just keep growing that he keeps creating these relationships with year after year after year that's that's how somebody that was drafted 15th in the draft who ends up getting fired by the Washington whatever's Super talented guy out of Ohio State, Dwayne Haskins. He comes, he comes to Pittsburgh because of Coach Tomlin. 
Tomlin says, we're going to give you a chance to compete for this job. And he means it. You got a chance. You got the pedigree. You've got the ability out there to throw a ball that's rarely seen in the NFL at this caliber. Both Alex Smith and Ben Roethlisberger have attributed to the way that Haskins can sling a ball. So I'm excited to see what he can do as well. And also this winning culture created in Pittsburgh. I know that's a, a lot of Pittsburgh fans for some reason want to see this as a negative. Well, at least he still has a non-losing season, but he has a non-losing season. He's creating a culture of winning in the NFL. That says a lot. So if you're a free agent, would you rather go play for the Detroit Lions who never win? The Cleveland Browns who are still trying to figure out ways to win and still end up screwing up and shooting themselves in the foot every time they find a way to win. The next season, they end up losing again. Or do you want to go play for the guy year after year? No excuses. Doesn't matter if your quarterback, your franchise quarterback gets lost for the season. Still finds ways to win. Still creates a winning culture in Pittsburgh. And that's important. Noel created a winning culture. Cower created a winning culture. Tomlin created a winning culture. This is stability since 1970. Obviously, we didn't win in 69. We had one win in 69. But 70 on, creating that winning culture, starting with the draft, being able to draft a first rounder every year, except the year that we took. We used up that draft pick to pick up that rare situation of grabbing. Minka Fitzpatrick, which was a great call. We'll get to that on a different show. But Mike Tomlin, I'm glad to have him here as a winning coach year after year, as stable as the, the, the trains that run up and down the inclines on the side of the hill of Mount Washington. We know we're going to have Coach Tomlin here, and we are lucky to have him, and I'm happy to see his competitive advantage in helping to lure promising free agents to our team every year. So when a guy like Honey Badger gets to gets to say, yeah, I'm enjoying my time as a free agent now. I get to talk to different coaches, guys like Mike T call. I get to talk with him. So when people like Mike Tomlin call you when you're a free agent, especially at a position of, a, of need, you pick up the phone. Thank you, Honey Badger. Hopefully that means you might end up being here in Pittsburgh. I know you want more money. It's that strong safety position. That's going to be another another podcast. We're going to talk about that. But still a position of need. He's still going to answer that phone when Mike Tomlin comes a-calling because Mike Tomlin is a respected coach among players throughout the entire NFL, and he's built that culture year after year after 15 years and going on strong so thank you mike tomlin for giving the pittsburgh steelers the best competitive advantage to being the nfl's best recruiter in free agency and in the draft kudos my friend and now it's time for questions from steeler nation we take our questions over at steelernation.com so come on over it's free to join and we have great great football discussions all throughout all the topics doesn't necessarily have to be the Steelers but most of them are or Steeler related first question coming from Cooley man what are your thoughts of the new overtime rules so the new overtime rules that just came out 
seems like they're going to give both teams a chance to have the ball in overtime no matter what, removing the automatic win when your team scores a touchdown, probably hearkening back, definitely hearkening back to the greatest playoff game I ever saw was that Buffalo-Kansas City game. I didn't want it to end. I really didn't want it to end. I thought both Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes put on the single greatest show I've ever seen. I wanted to see more of it. I was upset and disappointed that the game had to end on a touchdown. But I honestly think the NFL playoff over the, the NFL overtime rules are the worst overtime rules of all professional sports. They're arbitrary. They're all over the place. I'm sure the, the game would still be over if somebody got a safety. Unless you give the other team a chance to get a safety. I don't know how it's going to be. Make a, if, if, if TJ, if the Steelers end on a safety, game ends on a safety, and we got upset because TJ Watt didn't have a chance to get a safety on the next drive, you know, maybe they'll change the rules again. Who knows? It, they're the dumbest rules in professional football. I'm actually with Coach Tomlin. You know, scrap this crap. Go back to sudden death. Somebody scores, game's over. I don't care. But honestly, my favorite rules, which I know Cooley strongly disagrees with me on, are the old college overtime rules. You know, I don't necessarily start from the 25 and pro. You can start from the 30. Give the, let them play normal football. If they score on that drive, have the other team have a chance to match. I love that style. But if they score a touchdown in the NFL, they have to go for two every time. That will shorten overtime enough and make it competitive and exciting enough for me to be the best overtime possible. Plus, our fantasy fans will have a chance to have score even more points in the overtime with extra touchdowns, extra two-point conversions, extra field goals, really creating an exciting environment for fantasy football as well. So everybody wins and there will never be a tie. That's the only thing that I'm all about in football. The rules should be made so there is never a tie. So the reg in the regular season, it is still, they decided to go from 15 minutes, shorten it to 10 minutes, which creates more ties. And also still, if one team scores a field goal, the other team has a chance to score a field goal. More possessions, more ties. Ties are terrible for, fo for football in general. Get rid of them. Go to the original college overtime series. I loved it. And two points after every touchdown. That's the best scenario for me for fantasy football. It'll make for some exciting, exciting, exciting football. Matt Insomniac, next question. Hey, ex-Cope, do you think Colbert is intentionally setting his replacement to have serious flexibility by signing all these two-year deals? It feels like about the same time other teams are going to be feeling the pinch of renegotiated contracts, eating up the new cap space being added. We will have little commitment to anyone, really. That's an excellent point, Mad. Ex now, that's something I didn't even think about. But you're spot on right. I'm going to run down right now. The only free agent we have picked up, we've actually picked up two free agents that are longer than two-year contracts. Actually, there's three. Ooh, look at that. Daniels, Cole, and Chooks. All three linemen have been signed to three-year contracts. Now, there's outs for all three of them. But excellent, excellent point. They're not, they're still all not huge contracts 
and they're very, very cap friendly with the way the cap's been going up. Usually it's 10 million every season with these new deals, the new revenue streams with online streaming of games, which is going to open up hundreds and hundreds more millions of dollars. The cap's going to start jumping by 20 a year, 25 a year, 30 a year. These are going to be mean nothing. These 50 million for a quarterback is going to mean nothing here soon. So excellent point. And it's going to, and, and that also may lend to the fact that Colbert may stick around in some capacity in the front office, maybe some kind of vice president in charge of pro personnel, somebody that can help out and collaborate with new, with the new general manager. I'm all for that. And we might even see him still show up at the pro days, still show up at the combine, man. Guy loves player evaluation. And Tomlin even spoke to loving running and working back and forth, talking about player evaluation on the plane, on the bus, sitting in the seats. And man, that camaraderie has created an excellent friendship. So would love to see him still stick around in some capacity, but great, great point. I love to be able to think and talk about points like that, Mad. Awesome. Awesome. Last questions coming from Drink Iron City, always in the clutch, DIC. Love to hear from you. Hey, Cope, is it Cope or Striker? Which do you prefer? Well, I used to be Cope over at Steeler Nation. Actually, originally I was Striker when I first joined in 2005, but then I switched over to Cope when we all lost the forum and had to reset all of our accounts. And I was Cope for a long time. And now I'm back to being Striker since everybody knows me on the vidcast, the podcast, the inside slants, the Q&As, the spaces as Striker. It's easiest. If you want to come over and talk to me in the football forum, everybody, Steeler Nation, you will see me as Striker. Bust my balls. I love it. I've been doing this stuff for years. So go by Striker. And that is what I prefer. So first question, second question, really, but number one, we'll call it for Drink Iron City, what are the odds of moving up in the draft? Well, I'd have to say it's about like a one in four uh, that they may move up. But I think, I don't think they'd be moving up to grab a quarterback. I think they're probably going to be moving up to grab a strong safety or a cornerback if they drop far enough. Now, those slots, those three slots that the Eagles have, the reason why I think that maybe the Steelers might not be moving up in the draft is I think other teams are going to try to move up to those slots ahead of the Steelers to grab quarterbacks. And the Steelers might not really need a quarterback this year, but that means somebody good's going to fall. Maybe a great defensive lineman. Maybe a great wide receiver. Maybe a great cornerback, great offensive tackle, or a great strong safety. We'll have to see. It's going to be an exciting draft day, and we will be live all during every single hour of the draft with the Steeler Nation draft coverage coming up on all of our platforms during all three days of the draft. Question number two, if they chose to move up and are targeting a quarterback, but Davis happens to still be there, do you think they would alter and get Davis? I clearly see Davis as a bigger need and better value. Now, I personally don't think they're going to move up for a quarterback or move up for Davis. But I think if he's there at 20, the Steelers, he'd be a really tough person to pass on, DIC. I mean, I'm with you on evaluating. I think he's like that freak kind of athlete, the way Javon Curse was when Cower really wanted Javon Curse. But Donahoe ended up going with Troy Edwards. So Edmonds, not Edwards. And Edwards, unfortunately, he was one of the best college receivers ever at the time. 
beat all Jerry Rice's stats, but could not do it in the NFL. Number three, to be clear, I don't want a quarterback yet alone move up. Could all this quarterback be talk be smoke and mirrors? And how often do you think the Steelers front office engages in that tactic? Honestly, I think the Steelers front office has the worst poker face on draft day. Like, we all knew they were drafting Timmons that year. We all knew they were going for TJ Watt that year. We all knew they were going for Najee Harris last year. I mean, the crazy ones were like when we got like Jarvis Jones. And that was like the worst draft pick ever. Like, even Shazier was a bit of a head scratcher. Like, he's gone a little bit out of nowhere. But he was an extremely, extremely athletic player. Was a great player until he his career was cut short with, with his paralyzation. Um, but honestly... I hope it's smoke and mirrors for the first time ever <laughs> because that would be amazing. Everybody thinks we want a quarterback. Everybody moves up in front of us to grab quarterbacks, drafting three, drafting hopefully four or five quarterbacks, which means some excellent talent would be dropping to number 20 and we'd be able to pick our BPA right there. And that would be the best smoke and mirrors ever. Hopefully that is Colbert's master plan on the way out i'd love to see it number four i deal with a lot of different animals both domestic and wild here on my old western homestead i had to take out my 22 and a quarter year old kitty peaches in and have her put to sleep it was hard but i carried her in her favorite blanket and held her the entire time the doc injected her i talked to her the entire time and she peacefully left us I did this because she has known me entire life and I didn't want her panicked by a stranger. It is hard to do, but we owe it to that to our pets. My point is, do you have anything you might want to add to fellow pet owners and responsible and responsibility to their pet? They do become family members. I, I completely feel your story there. Drink iron city and love what you did there for peaches because 22 and a quarter years, man, that's, that is a family member, man. And and I had a cat named Sammy. That was the exact same thing. And this is the type of cat, no matter where you were in the house, she would come up and sit on your lap. If, if no matter who you were like, anybody could come in the house, sit down, Sammy's on a lap. If there's a horizontal lap, Sammy was on it immediately purring. As soon as you touch her, um, also would come when you whistle, not like when you whistle, like a dog, you specifically had to whistle a tune. So my wife and I would whistle Ferrajaka back and forth to each other. And she'd jump from laugh to lap until we could like, we would laugh so hard that we couldn't whistle anymore. And that's just the laugh that she'd end up on. And that's how we declared the winner uh, because she'd always jump to the next lap. If she heard that whistling, uh, she started going, she had a hyperthyroid. So we got it irradiated. She lasted for another three years, uh, but then she got cancer uh, and then got seizures, couldn't jump up on the bed. In the last uh, two, three weeks, I was sleeping on the floor with her. Uh, and then she got to the point where she just couldn't go to the bathroom anymore. So I took her into a, fortunately, we had a family friend that was a vet. She was actually the head forensic vet for the city of Philadelphia uh, at the time. Um, Lisa Germanis, excellent, excellent woman. Um, and I went into her and she put down, she was able to inject Sammy in my lap also. Uh, and I did bury her in my old T-shirt because uh, she didn't have a blanket or a favorite blanket, but buried her in the backyard in my T-shirt. And uh, honestly, that's the way it has to go. You you know, you pet her, pet them on the way out. You tell them you love them. Uh, they know you love them. She's still purring. And, um, you know, that that's that's what we can 
give to every everybody can relate to to losing a family friend and a pet and thank you very much lexi for jumping up on my lap lexi's the the uh, newer cat and we had her since she was a kitten um and you know she's not quite the same cat as sammy not as outgoing but she's still an excellent excellent cat in her own right and we all fall in love with our pets and um and much love goes to you and your family drink iron city and thanks for sharing that in your pet moments with us so and all and last thing from drink iron city always thank you for doing these striker you're the best cheers man enjoy your meal i know you're cooking now and uh, let me know what you cook next time you're giving me questions because i'm interested to know guys thank you for joining us again go check out our sponsor total sports enterprises over at tseshop.com and check out our Twitter. Make sure you're following them on Twitter, Total Sports Enterprises, because we just gave away a signed Minka Fitzpatrick color rust jersey this week. Each week we are giving out a different jersey. So make sure you follow them and follow Steeler Nation at Steeler Nation on Twitter as well to get on all those great, great signed jersey giveaways. <clears throat> also, tweet Steeler Nation at Steeler Nation, Instagram at SteelerNation.com. Check out the great Western Pennsylvania articles at DKPittsburghSports.com. Read this great specific Pittsburgh Steeler articles over at SteelerNation.com. Be sure to subscribe to us over on YouTube slash SteelerNation, where we're just starting to drop lots and lots of new footage every day. Tweet the podcast at underscore SN Podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Steeler Nation Podcast, or follow me at SN Striker, Steeler Nation Striker on Instagram, on Twitter, Striker spelled with a Y. Thanks for joining us for the Steeler Nation Podcast, sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises, part of the great DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, G Striker, with my cat, Lexi, Aww. rooting along with you as always. Meow. Go Steelers!